I'm interested in all the, the paradoxes, all the meat and potatoes, the, the conflict inherent in ecstasy. It's this paradox of um, surrender yet control. It's this paradox of heightened awareness yet uh, loss of self. So it's this kind of impossible state From Velocity Dance Center in Seattle, this is StanceCast, a production of Stance, a journal of choreographic culture. I'm Tyler P. Wardwell. The voice you just heard belongs to Jeremy Wade, a dance improviser coming to Seattle to teach a workshop and perform at Velocity Dance Center on February 15th and 16th. In this interview recorded via Skype, Jeremy and I discuss the desert, audience participation, and the fountain, the solo he's bringing to Velocity. As I hit record, Jeremy expressed a fear that his inner valley girl might come out mid-conversation. Edit out the like, and I'm like, ah, the like the valley girl in me. Well, I will I will try to enunciate and and speak clearly and not uh, articulate the valley girl in me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is that where you hail from the valley? Oh no, 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 no. I'm from Maine. Oh okay. It's a different kind of valley girl. They don't have teeth. Yeah. You can't get there yeah. from here. You can't get there from here. Oh, yeah. Go and park the car. Where are you now, mm-hmm. Jeremy? I am in San Francisco, California. And I understand from reading your interview with Abby Crane that you're on a road trip with your brother. Uh, I went on a road trip with my brother for, uh, for two weeks, um, then spent two weeks in Joshua Tree working on the new piece. So you, you hadn't been to Joshua Tree before. Tell me about your impressions of that place. I don't know. The, the, the striking, the thing that blew me away at Joshua Tree were the sunsets and the sunrise. We were in this beautiful place. We were staying at Julie Tolentino's um, house out in the desert. Um, and she's really in the middle of nowhere. And so there's nothing to do but to orientate yourself towards the sun and it is quite a spectacle i take it then that you have not been to the desert of maine no i haven't been to the desert of maine i'm sorry (laughs) have you Uh, well i've just heard about it i've had some friends who've been there um it's this uh i think about a two acre patch um (laughs) that this (laughs) farmer uh over tilled and it became overwhelmed by dunes um, and yeah, now it's a tourist trap. Now, you were a go-go dancer <laughs> in the past, yeah? Yes, I was. Have you got a, a short list of influential go-go dancers on your on your path? Not, not really. Not like a kind of go-go uh, mentors along the way or something like that. Um, I was just young and um, high out of my mind and just uh, enjoying myself. Um, I guess I really, I was 19 years old and I was in Squeezebox in New York City and I had literally just gotten off a Greyhound bus um, from Maine. And one of those typical stories, like I, I went to Squeezebox, which was this kind of drag, tranny, rock and roll bar in Soho. Um, and I was totally inspired to take all my clothes off in a pair of uh, heels and go crazy. 
Um, and I learned a lot from go-go dancing. I would say I learned more from like dancing in clubs somehow. But uh, yeah, I learned a lot from bars and clubs in general. So you live in Berlin now. Um, did you move to Berlin to be creative or to party? Oh, um, I gave up the party a long time ago, but uh, <laughs> I'm total grandma now. But um, I definitely um, moved to Berlin to get away from uh, the day job thing. Um, you know, I didn't want to work in a restaurant anymore. I wanted to um concentrated myself full time and i have been blessed with that uh possibility in berlin you're performing the fountain friday february 15th and saturday february 16th at velocity at 8 p.m both those days you're running a workshop at velocity called articulating disorientation mm -hmm. so you've run this workshop before in the middle of it in San Francisco right now, yeah? Mm -hmm. But you've got five days in San Francisco. How do you, how do you condense, condense the five-day workshop into two, three-hour periods in Seattle? In Seattle, I'll primarily just, I'll pretty much teach the morning um, session, which I uh, concentrate on scanning using um, sci-fi kind of fantastic um imagery loading the body with lots of imagery and and allowing this imagery to move you i've never seen you perform but have been doing a serious amount of internet stalking in preparation for the interview okay. i i get the impression that at fountain the piece that you're going to be performing at velocity um february 15th and 16th that the audience you kind of you demand a presence of the audience by engaging them kind of right at the start. And I'm curious to see how that went for your show at Counterpulse in San Francisco. Was the audience receptive? Oh, yes. Um, and I don't demand. Um, I strongly in encourage. <laughs> uh, and I think people are um, often resistant to audience participation. I know I am. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's really key in, in this, in, in this piece, this invitation, uh, and in the end it, it kind of infiltrates, uh, the way with which you watch the piece because you have, you own your seat in a way, um, much more so than um, just kind of buying a ticket and sitting um, in an audience. You uh, you help to create uh, um, the event. Did I answer? Right. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's interesting that you point out that it's not a demand, um, but rather an invitation. But for me, I mean, when I'm an audience member asked to participate in performance, I'm, I'm rarely the first to, to volunteer. Um, and I'm most often, my, my, my inhibition is overwhelmed by the sort of the social you know, like imperative of 
of seeing others do it and seeing them reach a like a realization um a presence a, like a euphoria from from participation um that's something that i'm excited about experiencing in your in your performance of fountain so fountain premiered in 2011 and how many times would you say you performed it since or an estimate 40 times maybe and there were a lot of works in progress uh versions of that um it's been evolving uh as a practice over time but yeah over 40. so how has it evolved well my work is improvisatory in nature so it's a practice. It's it's very um, it's a very complex score. It's almost an, an impossible score that I try to fulfill. Um, the fact that it's so dependent on audience participation. Uh, every performance is really different. Every city is really different. Every culture is uh, responds in a different way. And something that always uh, kind of catches me off guard is when um, people are really uh, people really resonate with with what's happening and um, and the fountain happens <laughs> uh, you know so there's this kind of empathy generated within within the space and this communication and that's that's amazing you know I think as a performer when my shell cracks that's always very exciting and sometimes it's formulaic and sometimes it actually happens. And that's why I continue to do what I do. Yeah, I'm in San Francisco right now and my, my shell is cracking a lot because this city is full of some of the craziest homeless people that I have ever seen in my life. So I walk out on the streets, I'm staying in Soma, which is very central. And I'm constantly experiencing this. Um, my, my shell is cracked, my, the wall, breaks down i i have a a double take moment of uh um i see someone suffering on the street and it's uh doesn't happen in most cities you don't see these things as much as you do in san francisco um it's a very particular kind of chaos from from the video i've seen of your work particularly a fountain and then interviews with both Abby Crane and Mary Love Hodges. I'm kind of understanding you as a performer, as this sort of, um, as a leader, a uh, a guide of sorts, mm -hmm. or an in, or an instigator um, within the space, acting with the audience, and then sort of transitioning or also embodying this role as a as a creature this abject body. Yeah, I, I like the guide, the um, the fool, these characters that are full of um, transformation, full of potential. Uh, so they take you on a journey and then it all of a sudden becomes a little bit scary. And then uh, um, as the light hits their faces, the kind of shadows kind of transform and I've been exploring the guide uh, in kind of specific uh, specific pieces. Um, yeah, the new piece, for instance, Mesmer, I am 
Um, I'm going to explore the magician. Um, and I've done the shaman, I've done the preacher and other pieces. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting. The guide uh, is kind of a principal figure in, in my work. Um, and all of his or her sides that surface, um, all the politics inherent in, uh, in the guide. Um, and I mean, Fountain is also looking at the potentiality for um, kind of uh, reciprocity and guidelessness, like uh, um, using myself as a kind of vessel for the energy of the room um, to send it, but also to receive it. And I'm going to make a, a, a piece in the fall of 2013, and um, we're really looking for kind of um, to generate a kind of communal experience without directorship or uh, guidance, an event with um, maximal agency. You've been listening to Jeremy Wade on StanceCast. You can find links to the interviews I mentioned at our website, velocitydancecenter.org stance. B.C. Campbell composed the StanceCast theme. You can find his work at bccampbellmusic.com. StanceCast is available for download at the iTunes store or by searching the podcast app on your mobile device for StanceCast. It's all one word. I invite you to browse our archives on our website or join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is at StanceSeattle. I'm Tyler P. Wardwell. Thanks for listening.